Cycling is freeing. You know, it's about freedom. And actually combining those two things, Palestine is not free. I think that really highlights the systemic inequality in the apartheid regime that is facing Palestinians. Hello, and welcome to the We Do Hope podcast from Amos Trust. I'm Jessie. And I'm Tilly, and we'll be your hosts, as each episode will be joined by fascinating guests from around the world, exploring what hope means to them. We'll be jumping in at the deep end, talking to people about some of their biggest challenges and where they find hope in their daily lives. These conversations might inspire, surprise, or move you, but we'll come away with a little bit more hope, hopefully. So, let's dive in. Hey, Jessie. Hello, Tilly. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. I've got a nice strong coffee and I'm really excited to chat to our guests today. Oh, me too. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I've had my walk. I've, I've got my coffee. I'm excited. I've, I'm actually looking at my bike across the room from me. It's, it's been staring at me for the last few months, kind of going, you need to get me out. You need Luring to get my tires pumped up. Yeah. Yeah, this is the perfect episode for you really. I'm I'm a non-cyclist, so I'm kind of I'm going to be yeah, looking at it from the outside in, but I'm very intrigued to kind of find out more about this project. Yeah, I'm so excited. Me too. So, I think we should start by saying kind of talking about generally activism and you know, when we're looking at stories on the news and things like that, um and we're often confronted with really difficult and you know, upsetting realities here and around the world and being shared on social media, in our news feeds, and we can feel really powerless and we don't know what to do to help. And, you know, some people turn away, they disengage, some might donate their time or money. Some people respond by trying to educate themselves on the situation or raising awareness. And some, on the other hand, turn to cycling. Our guests today are from the not-for-profit organisation Big Ride for Palestine, we have Ellen Logan and Lindsay Nanacorn joining us from the UK and North Abet, a big ride ambassador in the West Bank. The big ride was started in 2015 by British and Irish activists, combining a love for cycling with a desire to do something in solidarity with Palestinians. And it's not only about solidarity, but also monetary support. They have raised over 300,000 for the Middle East Children's Alliance charity, which supports Palestinian children in Gaza. That's is amazing what they've done so far. And actually, Amos Trust, I was booked to go on one of their cycling trips in the West Bank in May 2020. And you can guess what happens next. <laughs> it was cancelled and I was gutted. Um, and Amos Trust uh, is an unconventional charity in that they use the conduit of hobbies and interests such as cycling or cooking or running or live music to engage people in countries that they might not visit otherwise. And this brings much needed tourism, but also witnesses to circumstances other than our own. Amos Trust are a big supporter with Big Ride for Palestine, which is happening in July this year. And our guests will tell us all about how you can get involved. And Noor, who lives in Ramallah, will also explain to us why the project is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the situation in Palestine can be difficult for people to understand or they may not have awareness. And the Big Ride is a really easy and fun way to get involved, to raise money, to connect with like-minded people with a goal to putting an end to the illegal occupation of Palestinian territories and the blockade of Gaza. Do you know what? I really wish we were recording this on bikes. I really don't. I don't think I would get through it, but (laughs) it's a noble thought. (laughs) Well, without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Lindsay, Ellen and Noor, Ramadan Mubarak, Noor. Thank you, guys. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. We're very excited to have you. Hi, Ellen and Lindsay. Hello. (laughs) A chorus. Um, It's so nice to speak to you all. Um, And we're just going to quickly ask, where are you speaking to us from today? So Ellen and Lindsay, why don't you go first? Yeah, so we're actually, um, we've been reunited for the first time since last year's ride. Um, So we're very excited. Today's kind of our podcast and big ride organising day. So we're calling in from Abergavenny. Um, So we've got some nice sunshine here, but Lynn's is based in Bristol normally. Yeah, I've popped over the bridge for today. Oh, (laughs) lovely. And Wales has got great cycling, doesn't it? It's gorgeous cycling around here. If If you like cycling, Tilly, then yeah, give me a call. Come down, come down to Wales. We'll get you out Great. on the bike. We might even persuade Jesse as well. <laughs> and Nor, I'll bring up the rear slowly. 
<laughs> no, where are you calling us from today? Well, I'm uh, I'm in Ramallah right now. I travel from my village to uh, to my work today. It's like ten minutes, fifteen minutes away from Ramallah. So yeah, here I am with you guys. Oh, it's so nice to have you. Um, and do do you cycle, Nor? Well, I do a little bit when I have time, yeah. since my uh, schedule is very hectic nowadays. So I'm hoping to be involved more in cycling in uh, like when it's summer it comes. Yeah, it's a oh, better time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair weather cyclist like myself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we always start with the same question on this podcast. As you know, it's all about hope. And we like to start by asking our guests whether there was something that made you feel hopeful this week. It can be something really, really small, um, anything, meeting a friend, having a coffee with someone or kind of anything really that's kind of made you feel a bit hopeful and optimistic. So maybe, Noor, is there something that's made you feel hopeful this week that you wanted to share? Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard about the saying, the light uh, at the end of the tunnel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Finally, I reached the, the light and I took the risk and resigned from my current job. And I work in like a part time in a part time role. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, I'll be having time to set a plan for my future and be able to rediscover my inner warrior. And uh, I'll be chasing my dream uh, of getting a scholarship in the UK. And I hope I'll get it this year. Also, I'll be more involved in the campaign, The Big Ride, hoping to join the ride in June, oh. in July. Amazing. Oh, well, fingers yeah. crossed for your scholarship as well. Yeah, I hope. Uh, and one more thing, this week I had the chance to visit Jerusalem, like it's been like years and years, well, uh, people from the West Bank can't, uh, are not allowed to enter Jerusalem unless they have a permit, which is uh, mission impossible for us. Mm. And we had the chance because of Ramadan, they allow women to enter Jerusalem and uh, actually watching people from around the world, from different ethnic ethnicities, religious, religions and uh, background, it's like something overwhelming and reaching like um, it gives me the hope that the world will come where everyone live in peace mm -hmm. uh, regarding all the uh, hardships I went through going from Ramallah to Jerusalem but I will uh, only remember the uh, beautiful details of Jerusalem oh, oh no good. that's amazing thank you that's so much so for cool. sharing oh I feel like you've got enough hope for all of us this week yeah <laughs> really lovely ones and you've got a lot coming up so yeah we're keeping all fingers crossed for you for your applications and everything like that that sounds so exciting Ellen and Lindsay would you mind taking us back to the beginning and what sparked your interest in the situation in Palestine Israel um I mean mine really came from uh like one interaction that I had, which was um, I went to a dance school in London. So by training, um, I'm a dancer and a theatre maker. And the dance school that I went to had an exchange programme with another dance school in Tel Aviv. Um, and there were dance companies coming over from Israel um, and were leaving like a lot of promotional material around in studios. And there was one bit of promotional uh, material that I like picked up and it had a point on it that was about um, like promoting and celebrating uh, Zionist culture. And I was like in my early 20s and I was like, I don't know what this means. So I started kind of looking into it a lot more and I came across a documentary called On the Side of the Road, um, which is uh, a Canadian uh, a Canadian woman who'd like moved over from from Israel and had basically met a lot of Palestinians in Canada who were sharing their experience of what it was to be in Palestine and completely different from her own experience of what she'd been taught in school. Um, and so she goes back to where she was born in like occupied territories and talks about her kind of learning um, and undoing of her own indoctrinated education growing up in the Israeli school system. And so I watched that and then I got really into reading John Berger as well, mm -hmm. um, Hold Everything Dear, which is like such a beautiful, poetic and really insightful book. And so it was from that that I sort of started understanding a lot more about what was going on, um, the occupation, the apartheid that's happening. Um, and so it was through like arts and culture, really, for me, that I sort of started understanding more about um, 
yeah, about the movement and about what's going on. Thank you. And Ellen, what about you? So mine's mine's quite a different kind of path, I suppose. So when I was at school, I actually took part in the uh, Holocaust Education Trust. Um, and so I kind of took part in this multi-day program, learning about uh, the Holocaust and the horrors of the Holocaust. And, um, and through that, I remember reading, seeing this word, Palestine. And uh, naively, I had no idea what Palestine was or where Palestine was. Um, and... I asked my dad one one evening at dinner, I can remember it really well. I said, you know, what, what, what is Palestine? And he said, it's one of the gravest injustices of our time. Go and look it up in the thesaurus. Uh, so if, if everyone knows what the thesaurus is, um, <laughs> kind of old, olden day uh, Google. Um, <laughs> and so I read about it and I was like, well, this sounds really awful. And then I started looking into it a little bit. And, um, and I watched the documentary Five Broken Cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if anyone hasn't seen that documentary, then I think it is just one of the most powerful films to get an idea of, of the situation. Um, and then I studied, I studied politics and then I wanted, to, um, I wanted to go somewhere and work abroad after, after my degree. And so I applied for a programme that was originally, it was, it was funded by the British government and it was called the International Citizenship Service program uh which is how Noor and I met uh eight years ago and I found myself living living and working in Palestine for three months oh wow so whereabouts were you working and living so we were we were living in Ramallah and then uh Noor and I were working Noor was a student at the time um, and I'm sure she'll talk about this as well but we were both working on a project called the right to education campaign which was out of Beers 8 University Mm -hmm. um so it was a British students and Palestinian students working on collaborative projects together. Sounds so amazing. It was incredible. And it's such a shame that unfortunately the funding was withdrawn, but um, it was an amazing project. And actually the most powerful thing was um, an educational, at uh, the educational side of it for the British students. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this kind of cultural exchange, actually young British students becoming, you know, forming kind of really long lasting friendships with um, Palestinians. And, we traveled all around the West Bank and learned and saw firsthand the situation. Um, and I'm really grateful that I came at it from that approach because actually I came at it with no underlying expectations or knowledge or biases mm-hmm. or anything, you know. And actually it means that you see something very clearly for what it is. Um, and I think once you've seen what's going on in Palestine, you can't turn your back on that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, it's not possible. You can't, your conscience wouldn't let you. Um, and so Nora has been one of my good friends now for, you know, for eight years. And um, we still we're campaigning together. Um, as soon as I returned uh, to the UK, I, I knew that I had to get involved in Palestine activism and raise as much awareness, particularly within the younger generations, my own generations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the majority of people at the time were probably 60s plus, I think, who were campaigning. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, but I think that's really shifted. And I mean, look at, you know, look at us here. We're kind of five young women talking about campaigning activism and Palestine. And that's a real shift, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so important. And um, Noor, maybe you can tell us a little bit about about your journey and uh, and how you got involved with Big Ride and and things like that. Okay, so I've always believed that our story, our cause will be acknowledged as uh, a cause of humanity. And I've always had the urge of making people, uh, especially the international community, believe in the Palestinian narrative. Uh, So uh, in the Palestinian narrative, away from the discriminatory laws and from the apartheid regime. And um, Palestinians uh, deserve to be here. And that's why I joined the Big Right for Palestine. It is my responsibility to be my people's voice in the international forum. Uh, And the Big Right is the perfect, um, like support system for the Palestinians, and um, getting uh, getting people involved in such an incredible act and acknowledging our rights as a human being is a huge plus for the indigenous people, indigenous uh, Palestinians, uh, and um, we have been like facing racism, uh, occupation, apartheid, but. 
at the end, uh, our our resistance and the people's solidarity with the Palestinians, it gives us hope to continue fighting uh, to freedom our land, to freedom uh, uh, to give the Palestinian people uh, their freedom. And uh, one more thing um, that resistant resistance is our refusal to be silenced in the face of physical, uh, uh, psychological, economic, social, and political uh, uh, violence. Wow, you speak so amazingly, Noor, about the the difficulties that you're living in every single day. And we're just so mm-hmm. grateful that you have the time to talk to us about it, um, Jesse and I, and 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 beyond. You know, I think your your voice and your message is really heard here, and we really thank you for being here. Yeah, um, absolutely. And Noor, I wanted to ask about how cycling, obviously you know, the big ride is all about cycling and how is that kind of received in Palestine? Are there kind of, are people into the idea of cycling? And I know there's amazing cycle routes and we'll talk to maybe Ellen Lindsay about that, but what do people think about it? Well, cycling in Palestine, it like, it had different like perspectives. Like it's not in our culture to go to your work in the, in the bicycle mm-hmm. and etc. cetera. Uh, uh, one, of, one of the reasons why it's not in our culture is the roads are not paved for the bikes. And uh, to get a permit to uh, to pave the roads for uh, for the um, uh, for the bike, it's like it takes so long. And one more thing that uh, the Israeli occupation they are always on the road, and they might uh, like into into your uh, road to work, and they might like damage your bike or harass you or uh, insult you in many ways. So it's not in the culture in Palestine. Mm, so cycling is actually a real challenge then. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And Ellen and Lindsay, what was the connection for you two of cycling and activism? So, uh, so I've been involved in the big ride since 2016. Um, and I've been a cyclist my whole life. Um, and so I was at a, a Manchester Palestine solidarity campaign meeting. And um, there was a guy there called Owen Cooper. And he was telling us all about this event that was coming up that summer called the big ride for Palestine that was a combination of cycling and Palestinian activism. And that for me just combined my two interests perfectly. I cycled everywhere. I've done cycling holidays my whole life. Um, And I was doing lots of campaigning at the time for Palestine. Um, But I also thought it was potentially an opportunity to actually meet other younger activists um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, activism is is hard. (laughs) And, you know, this whole podcast is about hope. It can be really hard to to find hope sometimes. Um, and so finding friends within that movement is is really important. So that's how I came to kind of find the ride. And I did it. And I was one of less than five people who were under oh, the wow. age of 40. Oh, <laughs> no, under the age of 40. Yeah. So it you was... were one of the fastest? <laughs> I, actually... <laughs> I would not be now, I can tell you that. Um, but it was just it was the majority of people who took part um were all i mean wonderful people but it was very noticeable that it was majority people who were over the age of 60 and they were white and they were middle class right um and what has been amazing and one of the things that i really wanted to do is um transform the people that were taking part because you know so many people love cycling and also cycling is quite an accessible way to access to, i think it's quite an accessible way to understand politics mm-hmm. it, it's quite a gentle way to understand it's a different politics. way in isn't it exactly you know almost everybody finds it easier to like move and talk about difficult topics yeah absolutely. you know cycle or walk or run you know or pretend to run but actually have coffee and walk you know all of those things you you can break down quite difficult complex topics um and I think that's what's been so powerful about combining cycling with Palestine activism um and one of the things that um I'm really proud of is that actually our most recent ride last year was the most age diverse, ethnic diverse, um, religiously diverse, uh, able like able, able able ability wise. Um so you know, it was just it was so incredible seeing people of all different backgrounds taking part in the ride this year. And you know, waving the Palestinian flag. And that's that's been a real transformation. And I think that's the power of cycling. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. It's lovely that you've seen it change so much as well over the time that you've been involved in it. 
and obviously loads of different types of people take part and it sounds like it's a really diverse group and that's just brilliant. And I was going to ask if you are, you, you mentioned that you can, you know, anyone with any ability in, cycl- in cycling can join. If you are just starting out or like me, you don't really cycle. Are there any other ways that you can be involved, um, support and, or maybe, you know, start out if you're, if you're just starting to cycle? Yeah. I mean, I think, so the way that I came to the big ride, so last year was my first ride. Um, and I had actually been shielding for like 14 months because of the wow. pandemic. Um, because right. of a like an autoimmune condition that I have. And so it was getting to the point in the summer last year where myself and my partner really wanted to do something that we could be involved with that could um like add to a movement that we felt really passionate about. And so the, when the big ride came up and the ride last year cycled from Bristol to London over four days um, and we were in Bristol, it felt like a really accessible thing. Um, and obviously having been in lockdown for so long, I was quite nervous about whether or not I'd be able to do the full ride, whether I would feel like it was accessible for me. Um, and it felt like the most accessible ride I've ever done. Um, like the pacing of it was incredible. There was like no competitivism involved at all. Um, and like someone turned 70 on the ride. On the yeah, wow. We had like a 70th birthday party. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we have wheelchair users who cycle with us, um, seeing impaired riders. Like it really felt like a, a everyone together. Um, and yeah, I thought the route, the route was so accessible as well. It had been planned in mind uh, that not everyone will be on um, like the kind of, Road bikes. Road bikes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so, so even if you don't yeah. have a decent bike, you can... Oh, absolutely. And we, if someone doesn't have a bike, we always find a bike for them. So oh. we've had people message being like, I don't have a bike, but I really want to take part. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we'll sort that out for you. But, but also, you know, we have 250 people cycling. We also have people driving support vans. We have mm-hmm. people setting up food and coffee stands. You know, we have people who are behind the scenes organizing it all throughout the year. We have a lot of people who are not cyclists who want to make this happen and see the importance of it. Yeah. And what, so what time of day do you start cycling in the morning? Is it like 5am, 6am? Oh, definitely not. not. (laughs) (laughs) You would not get me up at that time at all. No chance. Um, We're normally kind of up and and waiting from kind of half eight, nine. Mm -hmm. We always, we always set off late. Let's be honest. But this sounds like my kind of cycle ride. I mean, my, my favorite part of these kinds of rides is the, is the lunch station or the snack station. Mm -hmm. So how, how many breaks a day am I getting? How many free chocolate bars and how many cups of coffee (laughs) are on offer here? So we have three breaks in the day. So we have a morning break, stop off, coffee, snacks. Then we cycle a bit more. And we, like Lindsay said, you know, we're doing around 40 to 45-ish miles over a full day. Mm-hmm. And actually that goes so quickly. Yeah. Um, so we have a nice little coffee snack um, and then we set off and then we have a lunch break and then we set off again. And then we have another afternoon break where we all kind of um, regroup and then we tend to have quite a big spectacle going into our final stop for that day so we try to cycle as many as possible and if you go on it's incredible I mean there's no feeling like it I mean I'm getting I'm getting shivers just thinking about it I'm getting shivers (laughs) I want to do it Um, where is your final stop where do you go into it really so we change it every year so um over the years that I've taken part I've arrived into Birmingham I've arrived into Manchester I've arrived into London um I've arrived into Sheffield. There you go, Tilly. We arrived into Sheffield in in 2017. This year we're doing, um, so it's Derby to Manchester. So we're going Derby to Stoke and then Stoke to Manchester. Um, And then we're going to be having an event in Manchester and then another kind of cycle around Manchester with with a protest at the end. But we change the route every year so that different people find out about it, different people see us. And then we've had loads of impact. Absolutely. You know, we've had loads of people who've seen us in the streets and then have gone and Googled like bike ride Palestine and then have found us that way and have joined us the next year. Um, So it's super, super inclusive and accessible, which, again, makes it so much more powerful because people feel like they want to take part um, and they want to therefore keep speaking about Palestine. And then they'll go off and tell all their friends about it because there is no like Lindsay said, you do get 
you can't stop thinking about it for days after taking part. It's the most hopeful thing that I do every year, for sure. Yeah. Before we move on, I just wanted to say, because I find, I mean, I, I think I can imagine if you're walking along the street and you see this bike ride coming in and you you see the Palestinian flags and people are talking about it, you're much more likely, if you have no awareness at all about the situation there, you're more likely to approach people and talk to somebody about through cycling. And it just seems like a really good way in and a different way to raise awareness. So I think it's amazing. Ellen and Lindsay, have you ever been able to cycle in Palestine? I believe that the Big Ride supports initiatives that happen in Palestine as well. So you've obviously been to Palestine, Ellen, but Lindsay, would you like to go or have you been? I mean, I would love to go to Palestine. I feel like having sort of like newly got involved with uh, organising for the Big Ride after going on the cycle last year and just seeing how much hope and proactive... um, movement was happening you know even just through those those four days um I've really like jumped in and have been working really strongly with Ellen on helping kind of um organize like cultural events to help promote the big rides but I would yeah I would love to come to Palestine I'd love to meet you in person or <laughs> oh you are more than welcome all of you guys oh thank oh, you thank you <laughs> and Ellen when was the last time you went have you been back to Palestine since you worked there I have, nor smiling because she hijacked <laughs> me and we had coffee and catch-ups, which was absolutely amazing. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, I went back, um, oh gosh, a few years ago now. COVID is kind of... It wasn't in It was, yeah, wasn't it? It was 2018. Um, so I actually brought my mum because she'd never been and I wanted to uh, to show her. So we we travelled around um, and we went up north. So we went to, um, you know, talking, kind of bringing it back slightly to the politics. Um, it's areas that are um, part of Israel, um, but have got a majority uh, kind of Israeli-Palestinian or um, a lot of people say kind of Arab, Arab-Israeli population, but the majority of people are indi- indigenous Palestinian. So we went to areas like Haifa and Akka uh, in the north, um, to to kind of see and learn about the history um but these are areas that yeah a lot of these areas are area c so mm-hmm. um which is the banding that you have you have area a area b and area c and then area c for palestinian territories is under the full civil and military control of israel uh, despite technically being part of palestinian territories so they should be under the control of the palestinian authority so the majority of palestinians uh, can't travel there um or have restrict- restricted travel um obviously being an international person that doesn't um affect me so we travel there and can and can tell people about it um which i think is important if you have that ability to do that which is obviously wrong in itself that there is a restriction of movement movement to anybody um but then if you are someone who is able to do that then i think you have you have a duty to go and see it and tell as many people about that as possible. So um, I've been back before. I'm very mindful that I might have issues if I want to go back in the future. Unfortunately, if you do campaign for Palestine in the UK, it can be much, much more difficult for you to travel into Palestine subsequently. Um, I hope that's not the case. And I hope that I get to go back very soon. It is the most beautiful country I've ever been to with um, the most welcoming people, as you can see from Noor's invitation to everybody. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it's it's an incredible place. Oh well, I've I've visited um, a while back with Amos Trust, and yeah, I can confirm it's so beautiful, and the people are so welcoming, and the food as well. I've never eaten so well, um, and how lovely to go back and experience that with your mum as well. And it sounds incredibly poignant, you know, experiencing your own freedom of movement in comparison to Palestinians who are denied that right. Bringing it back to this theme of hope, which we try to always kind of touch on and and find um, in all our conversations. How would you describe um, when you're cycling, what is the feeling of hope that you get when you're actually on that bike? And this is as someone who doesn't really cycle, but when you're whizzing along, you've got the wind in your hair, what is that feeling of hope? Is it is it being with others or is it just kind of an actual sensation of like moving and being out in the world? I think there's something about being on a bicycle that um, gives a feeling of like independence. Um, And because it's self-powered, 
because you're not reliant on times for waiting. You can just get on your bike and go. There's something that's really empowering, I think, about just the experience of um, of doing that, whether it's like to cycle to the end of your road or to do like a four day cycle. Um, but I think like the feeling of hope that I get with the big rides I got last year it was because you're cycling with so many people. And also, as Ellen said, it was like such a diverse set of people as well. I was meeting loads of new people every day you felt this like collective um, want to push for change and to push for good with such a broad range of people that it really gave me just like a feeling of general hope for society um, that there are really great things happening. Um, and also we had like a team of amazing um, bike mechanics as well. So there were several times that like my chain came off and suddenly this like incredible um female team of bike mechanics would just appear and get you back on your bike like a pit crew formula one yeah exactly <laughs> like a pit crew um so yeah and i think yeah obviously having the wind wind in your hair and sunshine on your face whilst you're cycling is amazing oh um, yeah some rain as well better weather in palestine can i just add one thing to that so yeah of course we had this um this young woman take part um and she young Muslim woman she came did it by herself it was her first year doing it and at the end of it she was brilliant she was absolutely amazing she had this huge Palestine flag attached to her bike and so you could you could never miss her um and at the end we were talking and she came up to me and she said the last four days cycling with people meeting everybody has given me enough hope to get through the next year oh wow Um, and I and and that for me it, it kind of summarizes it. Actually, you need it. You need those moments where you are surrounded by like-minded people who want to see change in the world, who want to make the world a better place. And you have days of, with them where you can talk about those possibilities, and then you can go back into the world and keep fighting and keep pushing against the numerous changes that we do need to be making in 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 our society and the world. And cycling is freeing. You know, it's about freedom. And actually combining those two things, Palestine is not free mm. and cycling is freedom. And yeah. actually those two things together, I think, highlight the fact that Palestinians can't just cycle down the road, like Noor said. You know, we can. So then if you are on a bike cycling with no stops, you've got no police, you've got no military forces pulling you over and putting a gun in your face. You've got no areas they're not you're not allowed to go in because you're systematically discriminated against we don't have that here so I think that really highlights the systemic inequality in the apartheid regime that is facing Palestinians Mm -hmm. to to British British people who take part so it's an act of resistance it's a political act to cycle Mm -hmm. with the Palestinian flag on your back through an area without checkpoints and in a in a land that we can call free and it's and it's our privilege to be able to do that um nor i'd love to ask you about how you think about hope and where you find hope in ramallah well um uh, you can get that hope that you are talking about in palestine or we are like relying on you just to spread the word and raise awareness around the world just to talk about palestine speak up and uh, do what you what you feel like to do for the Palestinian people. I mean, your solidarity with the Palestinian is amazing. And I think when the people acknowledges our rights and acknowledges that we are human beings with the dreams and with families and like we don't deserve like uh, this kind of lo- uh, this kind of life like under occupation or under apartheid like we 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 are hoping you guys to like always uh go for uh, like uh, protests and do on uh, uh go on your social media platforms to do uh to to post about palestine this is my hope this is my definition of hope. That's beautiful. And where do you hope with the Big Ride project specifically? What do you hope to see in Palestine with the Big Ride? What do you hope will happen in the? I know you're hoping to dedicate a bit more time to it over the next couple of years. Yeah. 
Um, well, I'm looking forward to have our ride in Palestine. Yes. Like when every when everything is uh, calm, like because if I want to make the ride in Palestine, there's a huge process and long process, like taking permits from the Israeli government and taking permits from the Palestinian government. So it's going to be long and it's not safe. If, if I'm going to uh, to bring to bring all the people together for for a ride, I need to make sure they are safe. Mm-hmm. So that's why why I'm I'm taking a part uh, uh, in the ride in the UK so I can educate the people educate the people about the uh, our life and how it's not going to work like uh, like this year or the next. So I hope people will get our struggle, our suffering from the Israeli occupation. No, have you been to the UK before? Uh, no, but the plan is to visit the, the UK this year. This summer. Wow, that would yeah. be amazing. Oh, yeah. Let us know when you're here and if you're in London <laughs> yeah. or Sheffield. Yeah, of course. We we'll have to go and find some terrible falafel in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, ma- I'll, I'll make I'll make you guys. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, got it. And Ellen and Lindsay, what about you? Where do you see kind of what's your hopes for the big ride in the future? Oh, I want to see the big ride happening as many countries as possible across the world. And I want to see thousands of people cycling. And that is my hope. That's, and, that's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I share in that. I think I, I've been thinking about um, how we can also incorporate like a celebration of Palestinian culture within the ride itself. So not only is it advocacy and raising awareness and raising funds, but it's also... Um, uh, like a thriving celebration of cultural exchange, because I think there's, you know, we talk so much um, and so importantly about what's going on in Palestine. And I think often um, arts is the best, like can be also the best way of communicating experience through like spoken word, through music, like, you know, the sharing of food is how I think is a really good way of understanding a land when you eat the food from that land. Um, so yeah, I just feel really excited about all the ways that big rise can expand into also being that cultural celebration um yeah absolutely which we're doing this year yeah we are doing it so we're gonna do um i'm gonna plug the event on the 30th of july when we come into manchester we're holding the big gig for palestine uh which will be speakers musicians djs um spoken word artists and it will kind of be our like welcome rally into manchester on the saturday evening and that's on the 30th of july 30th of July at the Klondike in Manchester, yeah. So if someone isn't able to do the ride uh, or they uh, would just be able to come on the 30th, would they really be welcome to just come and down and support, welcome the riders in and, and enjoy the festivities of the 30th? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think it's like good to note as well that we never, no one is expected to do the whole ride from start to finish. Okay. People that come and do or like cycle for a day, so they might just do like one leg of the journey, or they'll find out where we're coming into a city and will join us for the cycle in and for the rally. So we really welcome like everyone to get involved in any capacity that they they want to. Brilliant, and we should say that we're recording this in April, but we you can sign up to the big ride until what's the closing date? Is it end of June? It's around the end of June. I'm afraid I don't have the closing date off the top of my head, um, but it is around. Um, yeah, so it should be. It'll be open to sign up between May and June, um, and we are expecting a lot of people to take part this year. So I would encourage people um, who are listening to this and want to join to to sign up as soon as possible. And if you, if anyone has any questions as well, you know, we're all a group of volunteers that run it. So none of it, you know, none of us are full time, um, but. But there's a lot of us now, which is amazing. So, you know, if you have any questions, people can send us an email um, and just speak to us. We're all very nice and approachable, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The big ride ride for Palestine alumni, so people have done the ride already, like how are they keeping in touch with, with each other? Is there a big Facebook or WhatsApp group with everybody in? Oh yeah, we've got <laughs> we've got numerous groups at the moment. So we're on Facebook, so you can follow us on Facebook. We're on Instagram um, and we're on Twitter as well. So you mm-hmm. can follow us on that and we always kind of share updates. Uh, we also share a lot of information around what's going on in Palestine. Mm-hmm. And Nora obviously being one of our ambassadors, she shares a lot um, of content with us. 
um, about what's happening on the ground in Palestine. So it's kind of a, an information sharing platform as well as, uh, as well as an event. Um, but yeah, so you can, uh, kind of follow us on all of these platforms. We've got our website that you can have a look at and, um, and get in touch with any of us, but we're all, all of the people that organize it are in so many different groups. What's amazing this year, we've got a core team of 18 who are from kind of their twenties through to their sixties. Um, we have people who are Irish, who are Thai, who are Jewish, who are Muslim, who are Christian, who are non-religious, you know, we, we have people from every single background who are part of this organizing team, which is so powerful. That's amazing. That's really so amazing. Whoever you are, this is your cue. If you've ever fancied cycling or you are a cyclist or you're just interested. Get or in you touch. like driving a support van or setting yes. up a load of sandwiches, then there's no excuse. Get involved. So we're going to do our final bit of the podcast now, which Jessie's going to talk about. Yeah, so we like to ask all of our guests for their prescription for hope. We call this our hope in a hurry. And it's basically small recommendations, uh, things you can do when you are looking for a bit of hope in your life. Um, It can be eclectic. And we'll do a kind of quick fire round as there's so many of us on the call today. Um, So if we start with a hopeful read, maybe we'll come to you first, Noor. Yeah, sure. So the last book I read is a masterpiece uh, masterpiece written by the former South African uh, ambassador in Palestine. It happened to be my uh, coach for the negotiation master class. So the book is Bending the Rules. It is a collection of uh, Rafiq's uh, personal stories that gives you a dose of hope that will inspire you to keep going no matter the struggle uh, is. I mean, he he faced the an apartheid system his stories are uh, his stories are similar to the palestinian story and um like against the occupation and our suffering to gain our freedom back um he bent the rules to be to be in his favor uh, and when I read the book, I was at the lowest point of my life and I really needed a thing to pick me up. And um, like um, uh, he reminded me of my identity, my history and who I am. And uh, one thing I and uh, what I've learned from the people I met during my volunteer work with the Big Rights for Palestine, that giving hope and leading by example, empower others to grasp that they have they offer they can offer and they have uh like uh, they have something to offer for the palestinian people and the being hopeful is a key uh, is a key and it is contagious it's contagious hope is yeah. contagious thank you no that's fantastic and just to say that all of the hope in a hurry recommendations will be in the show notes um so uh we will put them there for you and we're going to go to our hopeful watch now so maybe ellen or have you got a hopeful watch for us that could be a film tv or documentary yeah so mine's actually a documentary that a friend of mine made and it's called journey to jagdula mm-hmm. and it's about um six women who were the first people to go to an area in Nepal and map and summit new mountains. And the documentary, he interviews the two sole survivors who are in their eighties or nineties now. And it's just so cool. They're such cool women. And it's about female empowerment and exploration. And, you know, they were doing this at a time when no one thought women would or could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was this was the early 20th century. So that's my documentary. And it's by Jordan Carroll, giving my friend a little plug. But it's just such a powerful documentary. That's fab. Wow, that sounds Thank incredible. Uh, and Lindsay, have you got a hopeful listen for us, like a podcast or, or a radio show? So um, I think my hopeful listen quite often is the Blind Boy podcast. Um, and, uh, it's, um, it's hosted by a character who calls himself blind boy from a band, the rubber bandits. He's Irish. Mm -hmm. Um, and he does these like hot takes on lots of different subjects, often talking about, um, anything from mental health, religion. Uh, he just did like a whole episode on, um, the new hybrid band, which is a member of Boyzone and Westlife. (laughs) Boys Life. My my 90s child heart is beating rapidly. (laughs) Has music ever been as good again? (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really, it's really hopeful because sometimes he's talking like, you know, he's just talking silliness, complete silliness, but 
um he also makes some really beautiful and like philosophical kind of perspectives on things so whenever I'm feeling like I need to pick me up I always put on blind boy and his like beautiful Irish accent in oh. the background <laughs> oh that sounds incredible I'm definitely going to check that out especially for the 90s music yeah <laughs> and I think just to play us out at the end of the podcast Noor is going to recommend have you got a song to recommend us Noor uh I didn't find one but I really recommend the book it's bending the rules okay bending the rules Ellen how about you have you got a backup Absolutely. I mean, this is by a person who I think is one of the best hip hop artists. He is one of the best uh, spokespeople for uh, injustices, situation of injustices. He's being, uh, there's a campaign against him at the moment. So we really need to stand in solidarity with him. And it's kind of perfectly encapsulates, I think, our conversation today. And that is Free Palestine by Loki. Amazing. Thank you. We'll put all of those in the show notes. And uh, this is your prescription from for hope from Noor and the Big Ride for Palestine. Um, so I think you did mention how to keep up with people's work and those will all be in the show notes as well. Yeah, definitely. And just to say again, anyone can sign up to ride if it's before the end of June, we're going to confirm the date that that closes. But yeah, if anyone's interested, get in touch with The Big Ride, as Ellen and Lindsay said. And you can also donate, can't you, to the Middle East Children's Alliance. That's another way that people can support. Absolutely. We're also doing a partnership this year with the Amos Trust. Um, we're also going to be fundraising with the Amos Trust for an organisation called the Gaza Sunbirds. And they're looking to set up a cycling club in Gaza um, for people who have been under occupation who can't leave. Um, one of the participants who's involved, cyclist called Allah, had his leg shot by an Israeli sniper. So he now has had to relearn how to cycle because he had his leg amputated. So they're a fantastic organization that we're also looking to support this year um, alongside children who face trauma uh, from living under occupation and annual raids and bombing campaigns. Um, through the Middle East Children's Alliance. They're a wonderful organisation. Thank you. That sounds fantastic. And uh, we're so thrilled that the three of you could join us on the podcast today. Um, all the best with the big ride and hope loads and loads of people sign up. I hope some people listening will be there and we can have a little We Do Hope Peloton uh, on one of the days. Um, Noor, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Palestine. It's a real privilege to speak to you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Well, block the UN from delivering food. They bring in the troops, and you won't even glimpse of the news. They make money off the products that we're quick to consume. And it's not simply a question of differing views. Forget emotions, this is facts. What I spit is the truth. Makes no difference if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew. They're just people living in different conditions to you. They still die when you bomb their schools, mosques, and hospitals. It's not because of rockets. Please, God, can you stop this all? Well, what a fantastic conversation. Yeah, it was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. It was lovely talking to them all. I feel as if I've been on a bike whizzing along with them, chatting about yes. Palestine and cycling and hope. It's I feel really rejuvenated and um I'm really hoping some of our listeners might sign up for the big ride. I think I'd love Same. to do it. And Jesse, I think you should get on board. They were saying there's no there's nothing holding you back. You don't <laughs> have to be honestly, a cyclist. I'm converted. I always think cycling is a little bit intimidating. I feel like you need to have the right gear, you know, a vest and all that jazz. But actually, <laughs> no, were, honestly, from what they were saying, it just sounds like anyone can show up. Absolutely anyone. Give it a go. If not, I've, maybe I'll make some coffees. I've been lucky enough to go on several of Amos's cycling trips and they've had, they do these cycling trips every year and they have, it's, it's, um, in the UK or or in Europe, we did. Well, the first one I ever did was London to to Paris, and it was the most amazing thing. I had not cycled a day really before that, and um, I it was a very last minute decision, and I just went along. And you can just get to know everyone in your group, and then there's there's loads of laughs. And if it's too difficult, you just get off your bike and push, or you get in the van. It's really low pressure, Perfect. and I get the sense that the big ride for Palestine is exactly like that, and. Um, 
the other thing is, is I went cycling with my friends uh, last year and I thought, and I'm, I love all the gear. Okay. So I use it as a shopping opportunity to buy <laughs> all of the fancy stuff. And I went with my girlfriends and um, Got your light crystal she was, did. my friend Rosie was just cycling in a crop top, like, you know, just a oh, normal crop top. Ideal. I was like, oh, that'll be me. <laughs> so honestly, everyone can do it. And I hope more people will sign up. I felt, I thought they spoke so brilliantly about the big ride and what, how it's important and why we should all be talking about Palestine. They did. And I also love that comparison or that link they made between um, sort of the freedom of cycling and actually physical freedom and moving and being on your bike and the freedom, the challenges and the injustices that Palestinians face in terms of their freedom of movement. The link they made there was really profound, I thought, and yeah. they put it so well. I think going forward for after this conversation, I've, I, I'm gonna. It's inspired me to get my bike back on the road because I've had a winter off, and I and it's spring now. You know, there's no excuse, but also just to be be mindful of that privilege of freedom, and and every time I take a journey in the next couple of days, like just trying to really be conscious of the fact that. I don't have to ask permission to get on a train to London. I don't have to ask permission to go to work or get a permit or to be stopped at a checkpoint. And that's that's yeah. unimaginable, really, from sitting here in Sheffield today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it sounds like Noor has got her work cut out with trying to organise a ride in Palestine. But hopefully that goes ahead at some point. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, she's doing amazing work and such a kind of accomplished woman as well. She's doing so many things and it'd be great to meet her if she comes to the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you for this lovely chat, Jessie. Yeah, all the endorphins are going. <laughs> as if we've done uh, an hour cycle ride. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening today. All of the information about the big ride is in the show notes. And we hope that you also follow us at we do hope underscore podcast. And you can see all of our previous episodes at www.wedohope.org. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with a mate, rate, review and subscribe. It really helps people find the podcast and we show up on those discover pages, which you have in your apps. And that would be so brilliant that we could share the messages of hope and also of cycling and Palestinian rights. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Amos Trust, a small creative human rights organisation based in the UK. Amos aims to challenge injustice, restore rights and create hope, working with grassroots partners in three main areas, street justice, Palestine justice and climate justice. They work in creative, responsive and collaborative ways to bring about local solutions to global issues. For more details, please visit amostrust.org.